editor's note there's a decent bit of silence between uh words in this episode because i didn't really want to edit out those parts where uh, we were thinking because the conversation goes uh decently in depth so um yeah enjoy the episode uh talk to you later now recording now recording Hey, welcome back, Daniel. Uh, good seeing you again. It's been, it's been way too long. Dude, it's been like a day. We totally recorded this uh, other episode yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the the recording program that we used kind of died, and then you know, became a Christian deity and revived itself days and, later. And the, and the great bot Exodus of of 2021 or 22 i don't remember discord bots were were completely wiped out there's a whole dramatic uh show you can watch on uh anywhere you get shows robots the robots movie you ever think about how many fucking shows there are out there that are just robots like um it's like just like just like 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 in a show yeah, you know, just like the. Uh, I think it's become a whole new genre of conflict, right? Where it, we used to have like man versus man, man versus society, and now we have robot versus society as one of the largest genres of the modern era. People like that shit. People like um, like sci-fi. Yeah, sci-fi's cool. I mean. And they all try to go for some, like, Twilight Zone, Black Mirror, watch what you do with your technology kind of approach to things. This is what technology could do to to society if we're not careful. Twilight Zone was a a lot cooler because it was less, like, heavy-handed with its morals Mm -hmm. and more so just... Wouldn't it be fucked up if, like... There were some robots that were living in a little town in, you know, West Chicago. Like, that'd be fucked up, right? That'd be, that'd be <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> be crazy. Meanwhile, Black Mirror, Black Mirror's like... What if everyone had like buttons on them and we could have social conflicts based off of the amount of likes that people get? And that, that would really say a lot about how we as society value social media and... You know, there's well, like a strong. A deep, that's, that says a lot. There's like a strong moral, like baked directly into the story, and yeah, not just the, uh, when you find out a fish that, came out of here, just like on legs. Every Black Mirror episode has a moral, for sure. Yeah. There's definitely something they want you to think about. And I mean, I, I appreciate that. I was definitely like thinking after I watched Black Mirror stuff. I mean, yeah. Thinking is nice, but. <laughs> It's like it's put on a plate, you know? It's too straightforward. Here's here's the worst possible bad thing that could happen. Think about it. It's like, damn, that's crazy. It's not quite... What if your life was a TV show? That'd be crazy, right? That'd be crazy. You know? Dude, what if my life was like a TV show? What if everyone in my life is actually just an actor? Uh, he knows. He knows? Abort? He knows, he knows. <laughs> That'd be kind of fucked up to find out, though. Yeah, it like, sure like, would. Imagine just, like, existing, and then, like, 
You're in the Truman Show, actually. I was like, what? Here's a better idea. What if we convince one of our friends that they're actually in a Truman Show type situation? How do we do that? Uh, so... Is there a way to convince everyone they interact with to just be like, yeah, I was an actor? It's a little bit of schizophrenia, but <laughs> might be able to convince somebody that anyone who's wearing headphones is in on it Ooh. and is like communicating with each other through the headphones and, you know, staging whole acts in their life. Headphones are worn by the actors. Is there a word for like a phobia of headphones? I don't think it's common. I don't it's know. A truly modern problem. Black Mirror should make something about that. A fear of headphones? Fear of headphones. <laughs> Convincing somebody that they're in a Truman show. And all the headphones are evil. Anyone wearing headphones is out to get you. They're all connected via the network. That's definitely uh, schizo maxing. For, for sure, for sure. Yeah, a little evil. Yeah, man, but, but we do a little evil every now and then. Yeah. Evil's fine. You ever seen Ninjago? Uh, I saw a couple seasons of it when I was a kid. Yeah. But, like, of course, Cartoon Network style, so it's all out of order. It was always kind of fun to, like, watch those cartoons that, like, had an overarching plot and continuity between the episodes and just, like, try to piece together, oh, where am I in the plot, you know, every time. Yeah, kids' cartoons with, like, continue, con continuous plots are definitely, like, a... They're, like, given to you all out of order. Yeah, it sucks that you have to watch it, like, Cartoon Network style. Because you can, you can pretty much watch any episode of SpongeBob or Rick and Morty or whatever, mm -hmm. kind of out of order for the most part. Yeah, because Because there's no kind of like major plot development. Individual it's adventures. Continuous. Yeah. But, like... Adventure Time has very minimal continuity because there is an overarching plot. There yeah, there's is an, an overarching, overarching plot, but they don't like address it every episode. Yeah, I mean it is still a kids show, so I mean like you could you could say that a lot of the episodes are just filler. Like notably, Avatar: The Last Airbender was like top three for what's the overarching plot? How do I piece this together? Yeah, and I think that really. That says a lot about setting design, you know? Uh, what do you mean? Like, I was able to mostly do it by telling... Oh, yeah. They're on the big iceberg. I know where they are. I know what part of the show this is. Big iceberg, that means... You know, we're right at the beginning. You know? Sort of like a, um, a mental map of, like, where... Where plot events happen? Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Maybe, like, in, in the intro of Avatar, they give you... They like show you the map of the world, and I. Yeah. I still I kind of never bothered piecing together where they were and where it was on the map. I knew someone who had that as like a big ass wall art in the room. Wall art? I like a the poster, just like actual wall art. Oh yeah, painted yeah. right on the wall. Huh. I mean, it is a. It's a nice looking map. Probably one of the most popular fantasy maps right behind Tolkien and, well, Harry Potter, but Harry Potter's world Harry building Potter is... doesn't really have... Harry, Harry Potter's, Potter's got some maps. of the best world building. Yeah, they have really good world building, but I mean... The, 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 the... To this day, people will be able to tell you, oh, I miss that house, whatever, right? Yeah. 
that's a sign of really good world building. Yeah, she did a definitely did a good job of of, of writing that out, Com- composing Harry setting. Potter. Yeah, yeah, definitely good setting. Sort There's... of the, the mastery behind Harry Potter. Writing setting is hard, you know. Definitely, because like I know at least I get too caught up in uh, saying why that I forget to make a cool setting, and I'm just like, ah, oh, this could happen from this, this, and whatever, right? Yeah, I I think too, too causally, you know. That's like science brain. You're I just like science brain. Here's here's what's happening. Here's why it's happening. But like, I get too it, caught up in why it, it's happening. Making it interesting is like I don't know. You it's, you probably your brain probably finds that unnecessary, so you don't. It's harder for you. I don't know. No, I just get caught up in why it's happening that I forget to make it cool. Yeah, you know. You ever thought about like, like when you get like I don't know, big money or, or rich and famous or get a cool degree and like invent something that you would like write a book. Oh, I thought about how I'm I'm gonna be held back by my distaste of writing books. Like, my goal <laughs> when I was younger was to get my name in some textbook, right? Yeah. Whether it be being the author of a textbook or just being mentioned as the the big cool guy that invented you know 19 forms of whatever cures for something i don't know right i i wanted to have my name in a textbook and as i'm getting older i'm realizing i'm gonna have to write something like your name in the textbook if you don't write anything how am i gonna you gotta write something like the reason why machiavelli is so you know, influential. He wrote something. Sun Tzu, he wrote something. Aristotle, he kind of, he wrote something. Socrates? Socrates is notable for not writing anything, but having a student that wrote things. Mm-hmm. Socrates has to be the only motherfucker in history, you know, that's in history with such a strong aversion to writing. I want to write so hard somebody else did it for him. Yeah. He must have had, you know revolutionary thoughts which you know it doesn't sound like much considering his time period but mm-hmm. talking so good that someone has to write it down for you in secret too plato wrote down everything that socrates said without socrates knowing because socrates was that against writing he said it's ruining the minds of the youth whatever right because you know throughout time uh the old have always hated the new inventions that make it easy for the young while, you know, also being the ones to invent that, right? Yeah. Your parents will say kids these days in their damn phone and internet. Their parents will say kids these days in their computers that, you know, connect to cell phones. Kids these days in their phones. Kids these days in their telegrams making shit too easy. Learn to write a letter. SMH paper, who invented paper, just grind it into stone like like we did. Come on. <laughs> you know? And it goes it goes so far back of adults disliking the ease of access of technology for the youth. I don't know why. I think uh like a big thing that that I guess is a a saying or, or something that you think about is like you want to 
create a better world for your your kids for the future and then when they do have a better world you're just like you hate them for it you're like what the fuck you have it easier you have it easier than me you have it easier than me how could you how could you i think it's jealousy yeah oh yeah Uh, i think there's some there's some jealousy behind that but i have i'm gonna have so much fun doing that (laughs) later in my life uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell them, when I was your age, I was doing 97-page lab reports while, while I had COVID, while I had all kinds of stuff going on. I dealt with a, a global catastrophe. Thousands of pages while sick. Like, like, recently I wrote that, you know, I think it was 87 pages of lab report. Jeez. I mean, most of it was just pictures, I'll be honest. I mean, pictures still... and appendix it was there was over 60 pages of appendix that were you know pictures because the lab doesn't have email capacity and i get to you know roast the the more rich uh areas of the school for having you know email capable computers in their labs yeah they need to fix that they really do I feel like we we've hit that we've hit that time period where we could totally fucking get, get computers with internet to work with the lab equipment maybe. What were you talking about? Uh, sandwich. Oh, sandwich of the day. Dude, it's sandwich of the day. Um, sandwich of the day. Have you ever had fruit on a sandwich? And I'm not talking like a jelly. I'm what? talking like genuine slices of fruit. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Um, maybe I think I've had some like peanut butter and apple. Maybe like pear or like kiwi. Maybe. I don't know. I'm I mean, to I know I've like had a fruit like that would go good on a sandwich. Sauces made of fruit that were put on sandwiches. Probably. I don't know. Probably not like anything like that's just. Like I mean, there are like sweet dessert sandwiches that are like Nutella and banana. And that's kind of tastes weird, but you know there are also dessert soups. I do not fuck with dessert soups. Dessert soups are pretty good, actually. I don't know. I feel like the consistency of soup is not like dessert worthy. You know? What I mean? No, like you you serve it cold. It's cold. It's cold, and it's it like still like like soupy. I mean, it's it's a little thinner. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's like an ultra smooth. Smoothie, you know, an ultra thin smoothie. Yeah, I don't fuck or, with that. You don't fuck with that? That just sounds weird. That sounds weird in my mouth. Oh, uh, it's not like a. Is it like common like, thing? So it's just sweet. It's but like. It's like. But a like pineapple strawberry dessert soup, you know. It's sweet. It's. Mm. You know. It's light. I can I can imagine what it would be like. No, no, no. I I probably haven't. You know, it really could be served as a drink, but no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I will never. Yeah, that sounds even worse. No, like... a drinkable dessert just doesn't sound right. I don't know. Like I I fuck with I fuck with like smoothies because they're because they're thicker. But if it's like a like a sweet juice, I probably I feel like that would be just. Too much, too rich. I think it's nice. 
Well, I haven't tried it, so I mean, we'll see. I mean, if I the try. sandwich of the day is a peanut butter and banana sandwich. You take yourself a banana, you cut it up real thin, you lay it down on a slice of bread, you Nutella up the other side. Mm. I'm gonna have give to that a try. Yeah, give it a try. Fruit's weird. You know, your body has a lot to tell you. And in turn, your brain has a lot of control over what it can tell its body, right? Right. You know those cravings that you get for things that are, like, salty? Yes. That's that's your body asking for a specific vitamin. There's a, a biochemical process that happens within you that creates cravings. It creates hormones that, you know, interact with your brain and say, hmm, I could really go for some chips. I could really go for, like, something salty, you know? Hmm. That's your body wanting something specific. So cravings aren't necessarily, like, just, like, you want a taste. It's it's literally your body telling you, I need yes. some of that. It's your body saying, hey, uh, you mind if I get some of that? Like, that's why, that's why a lot of gummy vitamins are made with a very specific sort of aftertaste. And sometimes you just, like, look over at your gummy vitamins that are sitting in the corner, and you're like, wow, I could really go for some of those right now. <laughs> but your brain knows. Not more than two. The dosage says two. Stick to two. And then the craving for gummy vitamins goes away for at least the rest of the day. For, you know, hmm. normal circumstances where you're not, you know, severely behind on your vitamins. I used to, like, almost snack on, like, gummy vitamins. It was kind of weird. Yeah, uh, depending on the gummy vitamin, that can literally fuse your bones together and cause all kinds of problems. Oh. Oh, interesting. Luckily, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, that's a... It's a truth that your body tells your mind. Contrastly, your mind can tell a truth to your body to, to manipulate, you know, uh, feelings of nervousness. Like, feelings of nervousness have the exact same response as feelings of excitement. Did you know that? Uh. So, when you're, when you're going in to give a speech or an interview or even take a test, and you're thinking, oh my god, I'm so nervous... Instead, be like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. We're going to have so much fun. <laughs> and that will significantly improve the way that your mind responds because your mind is telling a truth to, well, kind of telling a lie to your body. Yeah, you would have to, like, lie to your, your body's, body. Your body's response for uh, excitement and nervousness is the same so it's true to your body either way, whether it's excitement or nervousness. All that matters is that your mind can address it as one thing or another. And nervousness has its uses, but ultimately it serves to choke more than, more than anything. So what I always do when I'm going into exams mostly is I say, oh my god, I'm going to have so much fun. We're going to have a great time. We're going to have a blast. 
a fun exam. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to take that exam. I'm going to prove all I know. And that teacher's going to think I'm so smart. And it's worked for me so far. Yeah. Mind over Except matter. Pretty smart guy. Oh, the mind is the matter. That's the only thing that matters. Mind is mind. Mind is what matters. Mind creates the matter. Does it? Yeah. You ever heard of the placebo effect? Yeah. You know why that has to be accounted for in surveys uh, of like medical, uh, medical trials and whatnot? It's because it has the power to shape your effects. If you give someone a placebo versus no placebo, mm -hmm. tell someone, take this sugar pill every day. It'll make you feel fantastic. Every time they take that sugar pill, they're going to be like, all right, this is going to make me feel fantastic. And then I'll be fine. I'll be better. <clears throat> and it works. Because your mind has that kind of power. Cool. Nothing's... Nothing stronger than the human mind. Convince yourself of anything. Shape the way that your body responds. You can't really convince yourself there's no gravity, whatever, because that's convincing <laughs> yourself of a, a, physical a physical thing that's outside of, your, yeah. outside of your control. But you'd be surprised by how much control you have over your own systems, over yourself. I've convinced myself that water gives me all the strength I need to survive, all the strength, well, not really all the nutrients, but uh, it's like, this will make me feel better. This will reinvigorate my energy. I'll have yeah. so much better results after this. Anytime they, you need, you're just feeling something, it's like, whatever, just drink some water. I'll have some water, you know? This will make me feel better. I'll be stronger because of this. Sometimes I'll even add a little bit of flavor and be like, oh yeah, this is just what I need. This will make me better. Of course, it can't repel everything. You can't have water create, you know, antibodies for you, but you can boost your immune system by having less stress responses. Stress re responses to my immune system, that's for sure. Like, you know how... What is it? Over 50% of people have some form of cold sores that are recurring? Uh, yeah. Uh, oftentimes, they appear uh, and manifest due to a weakened immune system because it's just, it's something that's so small that your immune system can usually fight it. But if your immune system is in danger, peril, or under stress in particular, it slows down your immune system's response and cold sores can show up so potentially someone can so uh, and, and if you, induce them induce like stress on themselves and it would weaken their immune, immune system and cause problems even though yes it's all mental. because they have uh pre-existing conditions that their immune system is usually strong enough to prevent from showing symptoms now, if you take the flip side of that, you can manipulate your stress responses using mental tricks combined with body tricks. Your body tells your mind a truth, your mind tells your body a truth, right? In order to change the way that your body responds to things. 
And that can let you have a stronger immune system by reducing things like stress. The act of actively thinking has a larger role than you may be aware of. If you take a moment at any given moment and go, what I'm doing right now is actively helping. This is making things easier for me. That's shaping your reality. It sounds made up as hell, but this is why placebos are in medical trials. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. It's incredible, isn't it? Definitely an odd one. Telling yourself little little things to make your reality, that's what truth is. Do you think that um, uh, placebos can... I, I, I cause things in the body that, that aren't physically possible. Um, like, like, possible. I guess example, um, well, I don't know if this is a, a, just a placebo, but, but the whole, if you drink uh, milk, your bones will be stronger, but like, and, and a kid could be like, I want to drink my milk like every day. I want to drink half a glass of milk every day and I'm going to, I'm going to be big and strong. And they keep thinking that, but can that, can that turn into that actually happening because they fully believe it or. In a strange roundabout way, it can by, by having these active thoughts, you're conditioning your mind to perform bone growth behavior, such as, you know, getting your calcium intake and, there also may be other little cravings that your body has in its, uh, its calcium craze that also help bones grow that we may not know about. I have no idea to the extent to which I can give medical advice. Yeah. But I do know that you can create behaviors from your thoughts. And you know, a behavior of this is going to make my bones grow big and strong. I have to make sure I have this every day is a lot stronger of a, a motivator than oh, my mom is making me drink milk again, you know? <laughs> right. So it could be p potential for, for uh, a bodily change based on. Yeah. That's cool. Like my, my brother, for example, I think he's got one of the, he's one of the largest milk drinkers I know. Yeah. He drinks more milk than almost anyone I know. Historically, his bones have been weak. He's broken uh, three of his arms and one of his legs. But that was before. He hasn't broken a bone since. And I don't know if that's related to the amount of milk that he's accelerated to drinking. Or if that's because he's got titanium in, you know, his arm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Or if he's just not doing bone-breaking behavior anymore. Probably a combination of everything. Yeah, probably a combination. But hasn't broken a bone since. Maybe it's the milk. Maybe it's the milk. Maybe it's the mentality. <laughs> hmm. Mentality diff. Mentality. At least that's a thing. Hey. Okay, it's the title. <laughs> what do you think about truth? Hmm. Is there a truth you've been telling yourself in order to shape your reality? This has got to be my most outlandish belief, by the way. 
Are you um, the kind of guy that has uh, actively placeboed yourself before? Honestly, I don't. I don't think so. I uh, guess I'm trying to think about a, a, a good response. So, my deal with truth is that as a, as a as a word, there are some things that are just true. But, uh, and and they they wouldn't be able to be affected but there are some things that that are um that we believe are true that can definitely be changed um if we decide to change them um bodily effects that is it um there's definitely a mental thing you can tell your you can you can placebo yourself into into things happening in your body i definitely believe in that um, but I've never you can even do it with your attitude. Yeah, with your attitude as well. If you say OMG, you jinxed it, you'll be looking for every reason we're jinxing it could be true. Yes. But if you convince yourself that you are completely immune to jinxing things, you'll be looking for every evidence of this is not jinxing, there's no possible way I'm immune to that. Which is incredible you know you go in with the attitude of i can't jinx anything that's impossible then you'll be looking for evidence of this isn't jinxing at all but if you go in with the mentality of oh my god i just jinxed it then you'll be looking for every reason everything that could have been jinxed everything that was affected by it you can change your perception and that's uh Perception is reality, you know? Yeah. There's, I, I think there's just a, there's a line between things we can affect but based on our thoughts and things we just can't. Uh, and I mean, it, it is definitely, it's not completely up to the in, individual to, to determine those things. Um, but going into something where you have to perform or, or there, there's a, a chance of failure or mishap thinking that that's just never going to happen, that there's, there's no shot. Then, I mean, the, the chances go down because we are, uh, self-destructive in nature based on our, our thought process. Not me, though. And, I'm different. I, I will, I'm okay. self-constructive. Yeah. Um, That's a choice I make. Yeah, it's a choice you make. If you, if you think something's going to fail, then... Uh, you'll be looking for conditions then, yeah, of failure more than you'll you be... You look for conditions failure. of failure, and, and it could lead to failure because you think it's going to fail. That's... I, I do believe in that one. But this just truth is... Truth is what you make, um, but it is it what I make. It, um, Can I make truth that affects you? If I, per se, 
brew you a potion. Big quotes around that. It's really just like, you know, water with like little flavor. Right? Why brew you this potion? And I tell you, this is going to cure your hiccups. And you believe me with your whole heart. If you stop hiccuping after taking it, is it due to the potion? Is it due to you? Is it due to me? Does the credit matter? Is it the potion? Is it that I found the miracle cure for hiccups by adding nutmeg to water? I think it'd be due to me. Um, the the potion is a placebo. You are, or you would be telling me that this works, and it's up to me to to believe you or not. And if I believe you to the fullest of my ability, that would affect my body's uh, capacity to stop hiccuping. Um, I found I find the cure to hiccups almost completely placebo. It's definitely you tell someone your method with enough confidence, and if you're if you're a credible person, a person that people rely on for this kind of advice, then it almost always works. Like specifically, I, I definitely have placebo myself out of out of hiccuping. I, I, um, my method though, my method is if I hold my breath, I'll stop hiccuping, and it it honestly it it works. Um, I don't know if it's uh if that is actually a thing, if it's a, a bodily function that, that if you restrict airflow, that hiccups can be prevented. But because I believe it, I think that it just kind of... Believing in it makes it work a little yeah, better. Yeah, believing in it makes it work. Or maybe it just works. I, I'm, I have no idea. And I think that's... There is, there is, some, there is some think about truth that we can't be certain of much except yeah there's no way to isolate things yeah, like that ex ex except but we there has to be a a belief I think that 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 sort of that that comes with like people believing in a, a god uh, is there an objective truth and how do you let the sense of objective truth affect you in a way that's different from, you know, subjective truth. Objective truths exist based that that's and that, I think that's just like things that are physically impossible. Things to, that are physically impossible. Like gravity is a truth. That's that that is that is a thing that is happening. We can't affect that. But subjective truth also exists. Um, it's dependent on on your your mental state how how you believe it and there 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 could be potential to affect objective truth with um with like physical changes but i, I don't think that that objective truth can can really be affected because that's it's just i think objective truth it just, is, it just is outside of human control right and subjective truth is completely bound to people and their perceptions and about them. Subjective truth varies person to person. Objective truth is completely separate from people. And as a person, all I know is subjective truth. I can't be certain about any 
objective truth as being objectively true. Despite, you know, knowing the formula for gravity to however many decimal points, I don't know that objective truth. I don't know all the caveats and limitations. I know that it's there. I can tell you, yes, there is an objective truth about gravity. I couldn't tell you what the objective truth is, though. But I do know that it's a lot of fun to, to experience the subjective truth of other people. That's, that's the basis of socialization. You want to know, what does this person know that I don't? Uh, that's helped us throughout, you know, complete human evolution, complete animal evolution, too. You, you get any sort of communication, communi communal knowledge, and in transmitting that, you're conveying a subjective truth. Something that's true to some person. Unless, you know, they're just blatantly lying and know they're lying. Then they're trying to manipulate your subjective truth, which is a whole other thing. Whoa. <laughs> <Too> deep. <laughs> there's a... I don't know. It, it's not like there's... I'm, I'm think, it's not like I'm thinking about a lot... It's just like this think. this specific thing. It's it's I don't know. There's it's hard to to. There's a lot of ambiguity about truth. It. Yeah, because there's definitely ambiguity on it, and I don't I don't really know much other than I know, which it's limited to what I know. You know, I. <laughs> a lot um, of philosophers have this problem. I think, therefore, I am. Hmm. How can you know that you're true? Well, I know things, and I therefore, here. therefore, I know that I'm true because I can know. Otherwise, how would I know? Philosophy is way too dank. Because they couldn't imagine a reality where they knew while being untrue. Hmm. Can well. Can a can a, a reality like that exist in in um in an uh artificial intelligence sense um uh there are tests and theories that have been tossed about in order to try to get artificial intelligence and ask it do you know that you're real are you am are you am yes and there's a there's a name for it i just can't remember it but it's a whole big thing of uh, a series of questions that, like, you would see in Blade Runner and mm -hmm. other related titles that, you know, we may have mentioned earlier in the... Ah. Like Free Guy? Yeah. Have you seen that? that... No. It's... Um... Yeah, that, that definitely is a... It, that movie made me think about um, artificial intelligence and its its capacity to evolve into into a state of, like knowing that they are they were programmed to think in a way and and actually like uh, existing in themselves but like evolving in, in a way where they're they're human like but are still conscious that they exist only because they were programmed to exist well we exist only because someone out there 
decided to make a whole list of physical constants that lended itself towards our existence. So we're AI. I mean, kind of. Someone out there set a whole bunch of physical constants and uh, how they interact with each other and hit go. And, you know, to the best of our knowledge, this is combining both religious and non-religious theories of creation. That there's just a whole list of things true. These are the objective truths that I was referring to earlier that controlled reality and eventually the right string of things lined up just right and here we are with subjective truth <laughs> what a fucking universe yeah so recently I just found out that I wasn't accepted into the graduate school I wanted to get into to get like a master's in business admin um and that has had me thinking i guess uh, okay. about where i want my life to lead um and i just want to i just talk about that like what what do you what do you think you want to do after you graduate or, or and do you do you have a plan for each stage of your life i have a lot of plans for mm-hmm. each stage of my life. I have plans. I don't want to call them backup plans, but they are secondary plans because there are, there are conditions more than, oh, my first plan failed that control whether I take these other plans. Yeah. Like, of course, if I don't get into a master's program, then, you know, I'll do something else. That's a backup plan, right? But the plans could also be that if there's something out there that offers me a better deal, I have to take the better deal. And that's not a backup plan, but it is an alternative. I've got all kinds of plans for the next stage of my life. The issue with this is I can't really make a long string of plans. I've gone horizontally instead of vertically. Because in order to go horizontally and vertically, I'd have to make a whole tree diagram in my head, and that's too much to hold on to at once. So I have the next step planned as wide as I can. Do you plan horizontally or vertically? Which direction is the timeline going? Well, I plan... I'm trying to think of, like, which way... Well, think of it like a road. A road that you're going down. Uh, a horizontal uh, planner will see all the different options for the next mile, mm-hmm. all the different ways they, they turn off the road, whatever, right? Vertical planner sees as far down the road as they can. Okay, that's what you mean. Uh, then I'm a horizontal planner for sure. Um, my Your life's not over. Yeah, my life's not over. I don't. I don't know what I'm going to do in five years or two years or a year or a month. I, just I think kind most of... people don't know that. Yeah. Um, but I have, no I have horizontally sort of 
ideas of of what I could potentially do. I could like, I don't know. I could stay where I am now, live in live in Texas. Um, I could get a full time job. I could fucking take a year travel. I could move to New Hampshire. Chill, move to New Hampshire. Some shit like that. Those are. I have a lot of options that I've thought about. Experience um, a clinical depressive episode and stay in a hospital for the next year. Yep, that's an option. <laughs> <laughs> I, I recommend not doing that one. Yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> don't have any experience, but doesn't sound very good. But picking one of those is... That's the... That's hmm. the hard part? That's the hard part. Um, Flip a coin. After, after I pick one, all the other options disappear, and then it creates another outcrop of horizontal options after well, I pick, I guess. Not really. They don't disappear forever. You can always, you know, take a year I, I, to yeah, go to I a hospital always, and always, have a mental episode. <laughs> I could have a mental episode after I, like, work. You can have one at any time, really. Yeah. Start right now if you want. I could, just, I could just cash out, just, just leave, just mental episode hospital for a year i could and i guess figuring that out is hard and uh there's this there's a subjective truth on whether you believe that the decision you made was the right one and like figuring out the course of your life i guess um and i mean shit you can fully believe that you made the right decision and your subjective truth will shape that into the right decision because that's what you always always do that always 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 live with as little regret as you can actively choose to renounce your regrets learn from them of course hold on to them as for as long as you need to learn all that you can and renounce them i definitely appreciate learning from my mistakes you had the right thing for breakfast this morning, I promise. I did. Surely. I promise. I wanted to get a bagel for breakfast. But, like, the bagel shop was closed. So I got, like, Taco Bell. That means that you made the best decision you could with the information you had. Yeah. Taco Bell was... It worked. I got... You get the $5 breakfast box? Uh, no, I got the number two. Oh, okay. <laughs> Some fucking soft tacos. Yeah. Um. Speaking of like, I guess options to of life, and like traveling. Um, I've thought about. I guess one of my horizontal options was uh. Japan. Japan. And. We've been, as together learning. Learning Japanese just because we want to, just because not at a very good rate for me at least. Not, I mean, fuck, I could, I could I definitely, think... I could have my comprehension <laughs> definitely, definitely better. But how do you feel about like learning new languages? Do you think that's? I feel like something. Do you think people? It's it's important because it's important. Uh, language holds a lot of culture in it. Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing quite like having your reality shaped by language, right? Yeah. And uh, a communal culture, like 
Japanese and a lot of East Asian, South Asian cultures are communal instead of individualistic. So they don't quite have the language for individualistic things that English does. Uh, a lot of English-speaking nations are very individualistic. They value the individual. This is seen a lot in sports more than anything. Like our, our sports in America, we have superstars on these teams that, you know, their, their main thing is not their coordination with their team and how well they fit together as a group, but how good they are doing their one job. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot that can be learned. A lot of new perspectives, new ways of participating in, you know, life as a whole that can be learned from different cultures. Like, how do they work together so wet? Whoa, where's my language? English? Like, how, how does it happen that people are able to work together so well? What's the, what's the language? What's the, what's the things that go on that they use to shape their reality? That's something that I can't answer from, you know, all the way over here, but I might be able to answer from over there. Closer inspection, see how other people think, adapt how I think shape a better reality to be a, a devil's advocate can someone just learn a new language just to just to talk to someone that speaks that language just oh yeah that's because they want to communicate better yeah Instead but of also like guess understanding what understanding them more ding dong guess who's learning and understanding them more because you speak their language now it's you you've done it unintentionally you're in the culture now congrats welcome to the society like the um how um how babies pick up language because they're just kind of around it um it's definitely that's always been a just pretty cool to see i don't know i, I think that's that's definitely like that's that's like hell yeah I wish I, I wish I could just like pick up what ha languages mean in by just being around it. But I mean, you could still learn like that as an adult. It's just like we have more things in our brain and, and learn like that would probably take longer than if I were a newborn. All right, check this out. So I'm going to say something. And it's going to sound really wrong. And you're going to know exactly what's wrong. But it's weird that you're going to acknowledge it. There was a green big dog. Uh. Sounds wrong. The green before big? Yeah. There is an order of adjectives. We all know. We just don't really know that we know. You know? I don't even know if I was taught that. It just sounded, you were. It sounded it weird. It just happened. Yeah. It happened. It's big green dog. Not green big dog. Did someone like 
when they were, I guess, creating English, uh, or, or not really create, I don't know English, how languages are fucking created, created or, or whatever happened, however languages were established, uh, was that a rule that was made, or is that just like because of the way that our this language works, it, grows. it just kind of happens? That's just our, our, our brain, our, how our brain processes uh, this language based on based on sentences that are said. It just sounds. I mean, it just sounds odd to to say things like that. There are other influences that affect it, like how the British accent developed, British. which was people trying to sound fancy and like the Crown, and then ultimately ending up sounding like that instead of like how <laughs> we sound, which is what British people sounded like when they came to America the first time more or less hmm. instead of you know trying to sound all fancy and uppity which happened because collectively people wanted to sound fancier than they were and in mimicking that language they ended up sounding funny to us that's uh that's a culture affecting a language America didn't have that culture. We didn't want to sound like the crown. So Hell no. Just a, a small group of people talking like that, leading to a whole island. Deciding, like that. Yes, that's how we talk now. That's how we talk now. That's crazy. So it, it may have been one incredibly influential group saying, no, it's big before green, not green before big. You know? And then everyone's like, well, uh, the, the smartest people in the world over there told me that it's big green dog, not green big dog. So I'm going to correct you now because they corrected me and then it just cascades. You know? Yeah. Could have been that. Or, you know. It was grandfathered into our language from its origins in many, many, many languages. Which we barely know about, and we don't know nearly anything about how those languages started. Series of, series of clicks and knocks. We just kind of assume that, you know... Oh, the Romans, they speak like that because someone invented their language uh, on the day of the birth of Rome, of course. You know, the Germanics just speak like that because, you know, they have to speak like something, right? Everyone just kind of speaks like something. You know, the 4,000 years ago, language was invented where it was and stayed there. It didn't develop from anything. It just got happened. Yeah. But we don't really think about how, whoa, what if that was like, how about we trace this all the way back to, you know, the story of evolution or, you know, the, the theory of out of Africa. How far back can we trace language? As far as it goes. Always nope. Been... We can't track it that far. Oh. We can hardly track it to Rome and Germany. 
some language we can track back as far as it goes because you know those languages or at least writing systems were invented in modern times like a lot of west african languages are pretty modern they uh they used to use the arabic writing system but that could not convey all of the sounds that they would make so they'd have to add little accent marks on the arabic writing system and that wasn't good enough either and so they've been working to create their own writing system and there have been so many of them created why do i know all these things what's wrong with me <laughs> i can't answer that only you know what's wrong with you it's your sub it's your subjective truth uh my subjective truth is that there's no better time to watch documentaries than while shaving you watch documentaries while you shave oh yeah Little, little like YouTube documentaries, you know. Neat. Just absorbing that knowledge, hell yeah. My high school English teacher told me that I would be a very boring person if I didn't start reading things, and you know I kind of scoffed at her because, well, I'm gonna be a boring person regardless. <laughs> you think reading things is gonna make me exciting? No. And then uh, instead of reading things, I've grown accustomed to just learning from documentaries. Like there's this guy on YouTube. It creates all kinds of documentaries on the different mushrooms of America and fungus matter. And I just think it's so interesting. Knowledge that was once common that's no longer common. I think that's incredible. Yeah. Just to wrap it all up, there are truths that we know that we can change. There are truths that we don't know that we can't change. And nothing is certain and everything is certain at the same time. Woohoo! No, I'm not certain about that. You're not? You're not I'm certain? certain? I'm certain that I'm uncertain about that. Damn, that's crazy. Fuck. Well, <laughs> I'm Zion. <laughs> uh, and I'm Dax. And this has been... Mentality. Mentality Div. Yeah. Uh, Rolling a laugh track or a laugh track there. Okay, laugh track. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, Craig. Craig, you can leave. Bye. <laughs>